0: Well, good morning and happy Easter to you. I add my greetings uh, to Scott's for uh, all of you who are here. And uh, those of you who may be guests with us today, we're glad you've taken the time to be with us. Wow, what a what a great, great opportunity to remember, specifically remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The, the basis for all of what we believe and we'll talk more about that as, uh, as we move forward. Um, the birth of a new baby, new life coming into the world. I mean, it is an amazing thing, huh? Um, it is absolutely a miracle, the way that God has designed new life to enter this world. Uh, the way we are born, I mean, it's an unbelievable thing Um, Now, we're all born the same way, uh, at least physically speaking, right? Some in a more dramatic way than others, right? Um, Some at home, some in a car, some in an airplane. Yes, I looked that up, and actually, true, a baby, not many, but uh, there have been babies born on airplanes. That would be a flight, I'll tell you what, uh, or the typical, of course, hope for outcome at the hospital. But the creation of life is always miraculous, right? It's just an unbelievable thing that God has done. Witnessing the birth of our three children, uh, wow, wow. I, I I mean, for the first one, I, I was like, I had no idea what to expect. We're all that way the first time through that, right? If you've ever been that as a dad and uh, watching your wife and you're ready to give birth to your firstborn and you have no idea what's going on and boom, there it is. And wow. I mean, it's an unbelievable thing and had the opportunity as well to be close at hand for two of our grandchildren not there in the room, but uh, one time with my daughter stood out in the hallway just waiting. And uh, she wanted mom in there with her. And so this was Abby and Chuck's firstborn. Chuck was in there, and I'm standing in the hallway. And all of a sudden, a nurse comes out after it's all over. I hear the crying of the baby, so I know I've got another grandson. At that point it was. And and the nurse comes out, and she had already said to To my wife, uh, there's this old guy out in the hallway (laughs) crying. That was me. (laughs) And it's like, all right, come in. um, Yes, I'm the old guy who was crying in the hallway, but it's just such an unbelievable thing. There aren't really any adjectives to capture a new birth. Uh, Astonishing, astounding. Incredible, mind-boggling, inconceivable. I could keep trying more, but none of them work. miraculous. What a, what a thrill it is, and, and it's amazing. People have tried to create life for years, ever since God did, and it can't be done. Only God gives life. But as amazing and marvelous as birth is, as... The new birth is even more amazing. And without a doubt, every bit as miraculous. The new birth, let me say it again, is even more amazing than a regular birth and even more amazing. Now, you may be saying, Glenn, what in the world are you talking about? What do you mean by new birth? Isn't every birth a new birth? Well, yes, it is. But I'm talking about new birth that comes from God. New birth is described for us in the Bible. Uh, You may or may not be familiar with the concept of new birth. You may not have heard that term before. So let me explain. Have you ever seen at a football game especially, other games as well, the John 3.16 sign, right? And if you look closely right underneath the goalpost, there it is, John 3.16. And John 3.16 uh, is all about the new birth. And I want to read some of John chapter 3 for you because there's a story that introduces us to this whole concept of the new birth. In John chapter 3, and I will have it on the screen for you, and I'll give you some scripture later on that you can follow along with me in your own Bibles or tablets or phones, whatever you may use this morning. But in John chapter 3, Um, here's what we read. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. That phrase, born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus then responds in verse 7. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. He goes on to further explain this new birth, what it means to be born again. And then he gets to a verse that we saw in the sign at the goalpost, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is a description of the new birth. That is what Jesus meant when he told Nicodemus that you must be born again. The new birth, believing that Jesus, God's one and only son, died in our place for our sins. And when we believe... Our sins are forgiven. We're born again. We're no longer an enemy of God. But now God's child, given new life that will last forever. Last forever. So let's take a look at this idea of new birth. So if you would open your Bibles with me to 1 Peter. 1 Peter uh, chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 3, 4, and 5. First Peter chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible or a tablet or a phone, uh, underneath the chair in front of you there should be a copy of the Bible there or close at hand, and in that Bible it's page 850, 850, and we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3, 4, and 5. Follow along with me, please, as we talk about the new birth. I want to read for you these three verses, starting at verse 3. Peter says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, I went right by a a slide, but uh, we are going to be starting next week. Actually, we're starting today because we're in 1 Peter 1, a series out of 1 Peter. And uh, we're calling it Living Differently in Difficult Days. And Peter begins this whole journey through the letter that he's written, and we'll talk more about that as we move forward, but he, he is addressing God's people who are scattered all throughout Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey today. And he's talking to them about their salvation in verses 1 and 2. But here he is, he begins verse 3 with praise. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to him. Now, there wouldn't be any other reason we would need to explain that or give rationale for why Peter would say praise God, except that God is God. But he goes on and he says, here's why. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. He has caused those who believe, he has caused us, that's Peter's talking to those who know Jesus, he has caused us to be born again. God brought that new birth. God gave the new life. He did it. Whoa. You thought I was ending early, didn't you? (laughs) But that's not what was going on. Just like God alone gives life at birth, so God alone gives new birth, and all we as individuals have to do is receive it by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's new birth, and that's what Peter is talking about. Let me me explain that a little bit more for you by having you look with me at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And this is a great explanation of this whole business of new birth, of salvation, of what it is to be born again. Paul says in chapter two of the book of Ephesians, verse one: As for you, you were dead. The opposite of life, right? You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That's Satan. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, the wrath of God because of our sin. But... Verse 4, wow. And this is why Peter's praising God when he starts his letter. But because of his great love for us, I just read for you John 3, 16, God so loved the world. Wow, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy Made us alive. There it is. Gave us new life. We were dead in sin. God made us alive, huh? Woo! Yes! Come on, folks! He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. He made us alive. That's new life. The new birth. It's what we call salvation. Salvation, God has saved us, delivered us from the power of sin, from the penalty of sin, which is death in hell. That's what salvation, what we are saved from. God did it. The new birth is a big deal, people, a big deal. It is critical to your life now, and it is critical to your life after your life on this earth ends The new birth will completely change your life. I mean totally, completely, every corner of your life from the inside out. He will change us. We will be different when we are saved by the grace of God. And once we are born again, you will have the ability to overcome the difficulties of life that come. Yes to believers. Yes to followers of Jesus. And all you have to do is receive the gift of new birth, new life that comes by faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, it doesn't mean when I say saved from the penalty of sin and we're different and we are able to overcome the difficulties of life, it doesn't mean that we won't have Difficulties. In fact, as we get into 1 Peter, we're going to find out that the believers that Peter was writing to were being persecuted. In other words, they were suffering for one reason because they were followers of Jesus. That's persecution. We'll talk more about that as we move forward. But as that was happening, Peter's saying, No, it's not that we won't have trouble, we will suffer. Because of our faith in Jesus. But it means that God in his mercy, when we do suffer, will give us the grace to endure all that comes our way as suffering. So this morning, I see three elements of the new birth that will equip you to live differently in these difficult days. Three elements, we're going to look at these. Three elements as part of the new birth so that you can grab hold... The new birth, number one in verse three, will give us a living hope. A living hope. Verse three. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and his great mercy. He has given us a new birth. Here it is. Into a living hope. Into a living hope. A living hope. Not dead or lifeless. Not an empty wish. We say, I hope, I hope, I hope. Right? I I hope... um, My son Luke and our grandson Rocky were going down to the Phillies game tomorrow afternoon. I hope, I hope, I hope it doesn't rain, right? And I hope, I hope, I hope it's warm. The forecast looks good, but you never know, right? As they say, things change like the weather, so who knows? But no, we're not talking about that kind of hope. The hope that we're talking about here, a living hope is a a complete assurance, an unshakable confidence. It's a I know, I know, I know. That's what Peter is talking about. What we can expect, what we can count on, a certainty. What's coming without any doubt or delay whatsoever. So how in the world can we have that kind of hope? A living hope. How can we know for sure? How can we have that kind of confidence? Well, Peter says it comes as a result of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And that's what Easter today is all about. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We celebrated, remembered. You say celebrate? Yes. Said thank you God. Friday night we met here. On Good Friday evening, to remember the death of Christ on the cross. It wasn't a pretty thing, but it was an amazing thing. It really was. Even one of the songs, that was a beautiful thing. Why? Because the death of Christ on the cross made possible the forgiveness for our sin. Made possible the hope. But the hope really ultimately came if Jesus hadn't risen from the dead. Friday, would be, we wouldn't have been here Friday night. Friday would mean nothing. Friday would just, I don't even, we wouldn't even be celebrating it because because there would be no point. But the fact that Sunday morning Jesus rose from the dead that proved that what he said on the cross Friday and what he had said before the cross that he would forgive our sin that he would go to the cross shed his blood to pay the debt the penalty for our sin and that he would rise again from the dead proving he was the only son of God and that he had the power to forgive our sin. Huh? Yeah. That's what that's all about. And it's because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Listen, no matter what happens today or tomorrow, our hope in the life with God forever is sure. That hope that one day when our life is over on this earth, we will one day be with him forever, that's hope. And it's a sure thing. He promised And he already backed up that promise by rising from the dead. So that forgiveness of sin and new life now and after we die will be real. That Jesus rose from the dead is a historical proven fact. The most pivotal event ever in history. Folks, uh, The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead isn't just about children's Bible storybooks. It's not just a myth. It's not just some fairy tale. It's not just some figment of somebody's imagination that sounded good as a follow-up to what Jesus was going to do. No, no, no. It's a historical event. The resurrection of Christ from the dead happened and is provable by all kinds of evidence, factual, historical evidence. And it's critical that we understand everything about our hope, everything about our confidence of life after death, of living with God in heaven forever, the reliability of the word of God, the reason that we are here this morning, the certainty of the forgiveness of sin. You say, wait, wait a minute, certainty? Yeah, You say, well, I thought you can't be certain of anything these days. Well, it seems that way, right? Or what the old adage, there's only a couple things you can be certain of that you'll die and have to pay taxes, right? You've heard that. Well, certainty. We have a certainty of the forgiveness of sin, and this is all because of the resurrection, all because Jesus rose from the dead. That's why this is a big deal. That's a big deal every day of the year, but we take one day a year to celebrate and to remember in a very special way that Jesus rose from the dead, and that's what Peter's talking about, and he said that made all the difference. What God said he will do, he will do, and we know that because what God said he would do rise from the dead. He did. He did. We can take him at his word. He also said that he's coming back again. Hope in the return of Jesus. That's a certain thing. Jesus is coming again. We call it the blessed hope. Titus chapter 2 and verse 13. And Paul says that while we wait for the blessed hope, what is that? The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to come back to this a little bit later on. But the fact that Jesus Christ is coming again is a certainty. And the way we know is because Jesus said that he would. And he rose from the dead to prove he's alive and can come back and will come back. A living hope. The the new birth will also give us an indestructible inheritance. An indestructible inheritance. Look at verse 4. An inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power. Who doesn't want an inheritance? Right? And, and sometimes there's disappointments when inheritances come because they're not all what we thought they might be, but sometimes there's big surprises. All of a sudden, there's a, there's a gift that you never anticipated as an inheritance from somebody who passed away. And our living hope is the confidence that we have an inheritance in an indestructible inheritance, an indestructible inheritance waiting for us in heaven, it will not change. It won't get rusty. It won't get moldy. There'll be no decay. They'll never diminish in value. Our inheritance is not based on the stock market. That's a good thing, folks, right? Our inheritance doesn't matter about the interest rate, our inheritance is settled. Sure, it will never perish, spoil, or fade. It's kept in heaven better than any safety deposit box you could ever find. Who through faith, he says, because of our faith in what Jesus did on the cross for us who believe, and his resurrection, we are shielded by God's power. We are protected by God. It is his power that provides that protection. The, 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 the literalness of that is that God has set a garrison, a garrison of soldiers. It's, that's the word. It's like the, in, in a fort or to guard a city, and our inheritance is protected by God. Can't be touched. Now, as I talk about inheritance, I I really, so much in the Old Testament was looking forward to the future. And in Hebrews chapter 11, I, I want to look at this because I think it's just an amazing story, an illustration, a truth. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8, and was talking about Abraham. Abraham, who was told by God to leave the land in which he was living to go to a new land to claim the promise God was going to make him a great nation. God was going to bless him and bless everybody who took, who who uh, were blessed by him, and 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 that's what. We read in in Hebrews chapter 11, we read this, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though, get this, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents Uh, as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10, for he was looking, and I have this on the screen, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. He was looking ahead to his inheritance, the future promised land. Living in tents, and he says he's looking forward to a city With a foundation that God gave. And then look at verse 13. We read this. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Folks, that's what we are on this earth. Don't fall in love with this earth. We're, we're, this is, we're not citizens here. You may be citizen of a country or of a state or of a town. But this world, as the old gospel song goes, is not our home. We're just passing through. And what we know is our inheritance. Our treasures are laid up, as they say, somewhere beyond the blue. Right? That's the song. But that's what we read in the Bible. Our inheritance is there. And look, verse 14, they admitted they were 13 foreigners and strangers. Verse 14, people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. It's not on this world. Verse 15, if they'd been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. He said they weren't dwelling on what was behind them. Because if they were, they would easily have gone back. But we read this verse sixteen. Instead, they were lo- longing for a better country, a heavenly one. They were looking for an enduring, enduring, an enduring country, a lasting city, heaven. Our inheritance, our home forever. Inheritance in life is life with Jesus Christ in heaven forever. Folks, we have an indestructible inheritance. Nothing can change that. Man, that ought to keep us focused on what's ahead. And that ought to cause us to hold a whole lot less tightly to the things of this world. Sometimes we hold too tightly to what's on this earth. And folks, it's all going to be burned up one day. New birth will also give you a future salvation, a living hope, an indestructible inheritance of future salvation. Verse 5, who through faith are shielded by God's power, notice that's the protection of that inheritance, until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. The coming salvation, until the coming of, of the salvation the future will be that he's talking about as opposed to the past and the present salvation I'll get to that in a minute but we're talking about the ultimate the end of our salvation our final salvation the complete the full the perfect salvation the best is yet to come folks and for those of us who know Jesus Christ today I hope that your life is full and satisfying to you because of the presence of God in your life, but the best is yet to come. Our salvation is not yet full and complete. You see, we typically talk about salvation in reference to the past or the present. We talk about the day that we got saved or that moment in time when we were saved. And we call that the past because, in the past, when we trusted Christ as Savior, we were saved. Past tense. And we were changed. Our position before God was changed immediately at that point. When you were saved, that was in the past. We became a child of God in that instance. That's what's behind us if you know Christ today. It may have just been yesterday or last week or a year ago. But it's past, but it happened. Our position before God has been changed. We are saved positionally. But we're also being saved right now. We call that progressive. We use the word sanctification to be set apart to God, to be more so like Jesus. And that's a progressive thing. It's a growth thing. We become over time more like Jesus as we obey, as we learn, as we grow, as we mature, And that's the present salvation. And we'll continue to grow. We'll continue to progress to become more like Jesus until, right here, until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed. When Jesus Christ comes again, it'll be over. Our salvation will be made complete. You say, well... How do we know? Because he said that we we would know. He said that's what would happen. And he's already raised Jesus from the dead to prove it will happen. Historically, it will happen. We know it's coming. That's the future glory. And And many times, in many cases throughout Scripture, salvation refers to our future glory. Our future becoming more like Jesus. That's the case here. Salvation, which notice he says, ready to be revealed in the last time. When is that? When Jesus comes again. Wow. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. And you can read the last couple of verses of 1 John chapter 2 down through verse 6 of 1 John 3. And here's what we read Dear friends, 1 John 3 2. Dear friends, now we are children of God. Right now, the present, we're children of God. And we're becoming more like Jesus. We're being saved. Yes, we were saved in the past. Our position changed. We're being saved. We're becoming more like Jesus. Now we are children of God. What we will be has not yet been made known. But we know. Hope. Certainty. We know that when Christ appears. What's it say? We shall be like him, for we'll see him as he is. woo hoo We. I tell you what. Every time I go to the gym, I, I, I think about, man, well, don't always think about, but I will be grateful for a new body. <laughs> because the, this old body just gets more creaky, and sore, you know, and 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 man, you can work and 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 get get in a decent kind of shape and and get your wind and feel like your legs are strong and your core is strong. I don't even know what the core is. That's just what they talk about these days. I think it's somewhere in here. I just that's my belly. It's not well anyway, but. When Christ appears, we will be like him because we'll see him as he is man. We will be like Jesus. Perfect, glorified body. That's the end of our salvation. Huh? People. Wow. We had to go running out of here just like jumping for joy. No matter how creaky your body may feel. Becoming more like Jesus. So, what now? Well, what's the whole point of Peter saying here? We live differently when we have hope. If you don't believe that, just look around you at hopeless people. They struggle to live. There's no joy, there's misery, there's anger, there's bitterness. There's emotional, physical pain, maybe even. But when we have hope, we live differently. When we have a new birth, when we're born again, we live differently. That's that present part of our salvation. We continue to become more like Jesus. We're more and more looking like Jesus in the way we live. We live differently because we know Jesus, because we've been given new life, new birth. And the new birth promises a living hope, an indestructible inheritance, and a future salvation. All because of the resurrection of Christ from the dead, huh? All because of the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Wow. That's it. That's why today is so critical. To every day we live, it's critical. Because we know that our sins have been forgiven because Jesus said he would forgive them when he hung on the cross and he died and he was buried. But he rose from the dead, proving he was the son of God and would forgive us when we ask. All because of the resurrection of Christ. Listen, without the resurrection of Christ, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said, if Christ had not been raised your faith would be futile, and you would still be in your sins. Yikes. Still be in our sins? If Christ had not raised from the dead. But he did. And so we're forgiven. We're not any longer living in our sins. That's the promise. He said, not only that, but if Christ had not been raised, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. In other words, those who died and who said they know Jesus We will never see them again. If Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, we would never see those who we knew who knew Jesus. We would never see them again. There'd be no hope of that. But he did rise from the dead. And that's why we say, when we say goodbye to those that we know and love who know Jesus, it's really not goodbye, it's see again one day. That's the hope. Then he says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. You see, we have hope now, but our hope is for the future as well. And that ought to motivate us as we live our lives. Because of the resurrection, we know that Jesus died in our place for our sins. We say that all the time around here. And it's more than just a statement that we often repeat. It's true. It's a fact. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead. And when you believe that, that Jesus died in your place for your sins, you are forgiven and declared by God to be holy and right before him. You become his special possession. Peter talks about that in chapter 2 and verse 9. When we're saved, when we're born again, when we're forgiven, we become God's special possession, his chosen people. We're given hope, we're given an inheritance, we're given a future salvation that we will one day last forever in heaven with God. Man, that'll be amazing. All of that must affect the way we live right now and we can live differently in these difficult days. Why? When we're given new birth, when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ Our sins are forgiven. We're saved. We're given new birth. We're born again. Sometimes we can get afraid of the words born again because so many people use them and don't really know what they're talking about, but they're in the Bible. And don't be afraid to use that word. It's there, and it means new birth, new life in Christ, forgiveness of sin, made a child of God, no longer an enemy, with an inheritance in heaven with Jesus Christ one day. Huh? Amen. Amen. So how will you live differently in these difficult days? You can't unless you know Jesus Christ, unless you're born again. But if you are, you can claim the strength and God's grace to live differently than those who don't know Jesus Christ. Live differently because we have a hope, an inheritance and one day a future salvation. Father, thank you for Jesus. Unbelievable that you loved us so much that even while we were still sinners you sent jesus to die for us so that we could be forgiven so that we could be made right before you declared to be holy so that god we could we could have hope we can anticipate look forward to that inheritance that can't be destroyed or corrupted or fade away god that future salvation when we will one day forever be like jesus and with you in heaven oh god we're excited about that pray that you would challenge our hearts because of that great resurrection truth it's all possible because jesus rose from the dead help us god to tell that story to declare that truth, to share that message with all that we can because it will make all the difference. Thank you, God. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.